What's going on, family? Happy Monday, and welcome to another edition of The Faction. I am your man, Gerard Bonner, and I hope you guys are doing well. I hope you've had an amazing weekend and a fantastic week. This has been another massive week in the world of pro wrestling, and we're trying to keep you updated. There's just so much that's happening. So thank you, first and foremost, to all of you who are connected to us, and you stay connected to us by way of the socials, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, at The Faction Show. It's certainly means the world. All of you who are subscribed to our podcast in all of the places you can find us, thank you so much. It really does mean the world. And if you're brand new or you found us because you've seen, you know, me in several other places, welcome to the faction. It's our spot. It's an amazing place where we discuss the world of pro wrestling in a really thought-provoking way. So I hope that you're finding that to be the case. Stay a while, enjoy. We have a lot of fun here at The Faction. So there is a lot, and I do mean a lot, to talk about. Let's get started by talking about the WWE draft. Night one of the draft took place Friday night on SmackDown with some additional information happening Saturday on SmackDown Lowdown. So I want to talk through some of the moves, see what hits, what misses, and what we can expect for night two. So here's how night one went down. So the number one pick was the bloodline being Roman Reigns, Solo Sokoa, and Paul Heyman. Then SmackDown picked up the Raw Women's Champion, Bianca Belair, the Street Profits, Edge, Bobby Lashley, the entire OC, which is AJ Styles, the Good Brothers, and Mi Chin, all of Damage Control, and the NXT Women's Tag Team Champions, Alba Fire and Isla Dawn. Night one, Raw picked up Cody Rhodes as its number one draft pick, along with Becky Lynch, all of Imperium, which includes the Intercontinental Champion Gunther, Matt Riddle, Drew McIntyre, The Miz, Shinsuke Nakamura, and the NXT Women's Champion, Indy Hartwell. And then on Saturday, we found out that the following are going to SmackDown, that is Hit Row, all of Hit Row, and Lacey Evans. Raw picked up an awful lot, including the Viking Raiders, Dexter Loomis, Candice LeRae, the Maximum Male Models, Natalia, Sonya Deville, and Chelsea Green, and then from NXT, Zoe Stark, JD McDonough, and Apollo Crews. So there's a lot I want to talk about relative to this draft. Let's start with this. We're not surprised that Roman Reigns was the number one draft pick on SmackDown. I do think it's interesting that as a package deal, it wasn't including the Usos. Instead, it was Solo Sokoa and the wise man, Paul Heyman. So it seems as though we already have these cracks existing in the bloodline. By the end of the night, the Usos did not regain the World Tag Team Championships, and so you've got to wonder, does this leave them open to be drafted to Monday Night Raw? Does this mean that we finally have the crack in this bloodline? And could we ultimately be seeing Roman and Solo against Jay and Jimmy? Which I know a lot of people have talked about the potential of Jay Uso and Roman Reigns, but that tag team match could be a reality. But it depends also on how close they are sticking to this brand situation. So there's that. The next thing that kind of gives me pause, Bianca Belair 
to SmackDown. Now, Bianca to SmackDown as an entity, I mean, it makes sense. SmackDown is the A show for WWE with Raw kind of slightly behind and SmackDown being the A show because it's on network TV, that being Fox. But I have concerns for two reasons. Reason number one is, okay, she is your Raw Women's Champion. So does she now become the SmackDown Women's Champion? Will we just crown the SmackDown Women's Champion at WrestleMania, that being Rhea Ripley? Her interview from across the pond, she already started calling herself the SmackDown Women's Champion. So are we going to run into a scenario like we did a year or so ago where you had Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair attempting, and I do say attempting, to swap belts and that went haywire? Are we going to have that? I've told you before, I'm not a fan of the belt swaps because I think it just diminishes A, the belts, and B, the reins of these particular superstars. The second reason this is problematic to me is Bianca Belair is on course to become the longest reigning Raw Women's Champion in history. As of today, she holds that championship for 393 days. So this is where it's tricky. All of the picks from the draft become official on May the 8th. May the 8th would be the 400th day of the reign of Bianca Belair. Now, why is that important? Because the current record is held by Becky Lynch at 399 days. So that means that technically on May the 8th, which would be the 400th day, that's also the day where she's no longer a part of Monday Night Raw. So is this kind of a weird way of somehow allowing her to tie Becky Lynch's record but not defeat Becky Lynch's record even though Bianca has not been pinned or defeated for the Raw Women's Championship. I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know how I feel about that. I'm just going to say it. I don't know how I feel about that. I believe Bianca Belair should be able to break that record. She is the hottest thing going right now for women's wrestling in the WWE. She represents the company well. It only makes sense that she should still be the Raw Women's Champion and get to break that record at least at day 400, if not more. So then, with Bianca Belair moving to SmackDown, it makes obvious sense that the Street Profits go, since right now, which I appreciate, WWE wants to keep spouses on the same brand, which, let's just pause and applaud the WWE for that. I know it's really popular not to applaud the WWE, but think about this. There was an era in pro wrestling where, quite frankly, lots of marriages and families fell apart because of the business itself. So if you have a space where you have husbands and wives that can travel together and be on the same brand, you help families. And I think that's a massive win. So kudos to the WWE for doing that. At the same time, with the Street Profits being drafted to SmackDown, I'm asking myself, has WWE missed the opportunity to finally allow Montez Ford to go solo? It seemed as though the easiest way to do that would be to draft one of the Profits to one brand and another to the other brand. Makes me think 
that perhaps tonight in a wild move, perhaps Angelo Dawkins gets drafted to Monday Night Raw. That'd be a way to kind of allow this breakup to happen. But who knows if they're going to continue with the Street Profits. So be it. Very, very interesting. A couple of other quick, interesting moments out of this. Edge being drafted to SmackDown. I'm not quite sure why Edge is involved in this draft. We've not seen Edge since WrestleMania. And he's been public in saying that he is pretty much on the tail end of his WWE run and his pro wrestling run right now. So that's interesting. It's great to see the OC back. I legitimately forgot about them and didn't know they were still a thing because on occasion we would see Mia Yim wrestle on her own or with Candice LeRae, but no real connection to the OC. The OC being back means AJ Styles is back and AJ Styles looked fantastic. And if we're going to have the OC really kind of do something, that'd be dope. I think I'd like it. So let's rock with that. Damage control comes to SmackDown. I'm totally cool with that. And then let's talk about this. The NXT Women's Tag Team Champions and the NXT Women's Champion both drafted to SmackDown and Raw respectively. So I'm torn. And here's why I'm torn. On one hand, I think as talents take the titles away from them, they deserve it. Alba Fire and Isla Dawn have been killing it. And right now, the WWE main rosters are in need of female tag teams, legitimate tag teams. And so this would be one of them. The women's division certainly could use a boost on Raw, no doubt about it. And now with the uncertainty of who will be the Raw women's champion, it adds an interesting wrinkle to things. My concern is drafting current champions to other brands. What does this do for the NXT Women's Tag Titles? What does it do for the NXT Women's Championship? And for Indy Hartwell, who had just finished her first title defense this past Tuesday night, so much for this idea of getting a lengthy reign when you get the call up. So I don't know. And, and let's just throw this out there. With the NXT Women's Champion getting called up and the NXT Women's Tag Team Champions being called up, could Carmelo Hayes actually get called up? I know. At first, I thought that was off the table. But if your Women's Champion and your Women's Tag Champions get called up, could the same thing happen? Could NXT be getting gutted right now? We'll find out. But that's a look at the SmackDown side of things from that first night. In addition, SmackDown also has Lacey Evans and Hit Row, to which I say, I forgot Lacey Evans was there. I don't know that Lacey Evans, I, I, I don't know what else there is for Lacey Evans to do. Every attempt she has made to kind of make an impact has not worked. Don't know. Not my decision to make. And in terms of Hit Row, let's hope that they can find their footing as well to have great success. Now let's look at the Raw picks because there's some interesting picks for Monday Night Raw. Cody Rhodes being the number one draft pick, I don't know that that is a massive surprise, though I would have wondered why Seth Rollins was not the number one draft pick, but he was not eligible. So perhaps he can be number one tonight for Monday Night Raw. 
What this also lends itself to asking is as we look at every person on the Raw roster, we now know, of course, with Roman Reigns drafted to SmackDown, that Raw will gain the new World Heavyweight Championship. So who's in contention? Obviously, Cody Rhodes has to be considered since he's the number one draft pick. You've got Drew McIntyre over there now. Shinsuke Nakamura feels really, really good. I'd love that. Matt Riddle. Uh, of course, Imperium, which means Gunther could be considered very interesting times for that world championship. Meanwhile, on the women's side, Indy Hartwell, I just talked about her. Congratulations. But some other big moves, including these NXT moves, Zoe Stark, J.D. McDonough, Apollo Crews. Glad to see Apollo Crews back from his NXT run. I thought he had a solid run in NXT. Let's see how that translates when he comes back to Monday Night Raw. But man, am I happy for J.D. McDonough and Zoe Stark, two unquestionable stars who have been lighting it up in NXT and I'm so happy for them. And we posted this on our story. So if you missed it, maybe we'll post it again. But the genuine outpouring of emotion and affirmation from those folks at the Performance Center in NXT when those folks got called up, it's beautiful. It's a sight to see. It'll make you teary-eyed. It is just a wonderful thing. I love what's happening there in NXT. Want to get your thoughts on night one of the draft and what you think could happen tonight in the draft, lots of folks are eligible. And of course, the NXT side of it is always a welcome surprise. It feels like there may be more call-ups from NXT happening tonight. All right, that's a look at the draft. Now, there's a lot of non-WWE-related action to talk about, and we're going to do that when we come back. I've known Dylan since he was 15. I've known what a crazy fanatic he's been. He never just went and played. So what are you doing? Well, you know, I gotta plan the show first. He wants to be the guy shaping. Dylan used to run shows back in his hometown and ever since he moved to Atlanta, I know that he's been really wanting to start his own company here. I had that fear of not being what's interesting in Atlanta. I said, I'm gonna start my own wrestling promotion. You need to get in a room with this guy. Because at the end of the day, wrestling had grown stale in Georgia. I'm like, dude, this guy's ruffling everybody's feathers. Dylan learned that I'm impatient, and I announced that we were going to start a promotion 90 days later. And I knew that I had no content. But then I started to see all the things that he was doing. It was starting to look really professional. Gary had stirred up so much shit. We were going to be the laughing stock of the entire city if we didn't deliver. Perception's reality. How did we get on Southern Honor? What was the process of them walking over there like, I'm going to do that? I thought, honestly, he was dead. You hear his brain swelling. I literally thought Southern Honor was probably done. You always told me, if you don't like an idea, come up with a better idea. You're telling me you won't listen to the idea? And we're gonna pack 1,000 people. I couldn't wait for an answer from Chris. We weren't sure. No confirmation. Casey Mack is taking How about that? Oh. The lights are going out here. The first indie show I've ever done in 23 years was with Southern Honor, and now everyone's talking about this company. Nothing bigger than that's ever gonna happen here. Lord, a few minutes later. It was extremely hard to maintain relationships because I was working with Gary. I don't know that they would go to war for me. They would go to war for Dylan. Finally, this year's going to be mine. COVID. I can honestly say my last match will be here just because Southern Honor is that special to me. 
so many things that have happened in my life that you could write on paper and it would read as a book. And Southern Honor is just another chapter. As long as there is a them and there is a you, there will always be a S-H-W. This is a total package Lex Luger and you are turned into the Batching. Attention wrestling fans, join us Friday, May 12th for our huge milestone event, SHW 50, live from the Action Building in Canton, Georgia. The following contest is set for one fall. What an insanely unpredictable night here. Doors open at 7 p.m., bell time at 8 p.m. Tickets start at just $15, and as always, kids 10 and under are free. Our new matchmaker, Jake the Snake Roberts, has another great card lined up. SHW's 50th show will be a special night, so invite all your friends and let's pack the action building for another great night of Southern Honor Wrestling. I got a lot left in the tank! What's up, guys? This is Mark here in the World's Strongest Man, and you're tuned in to the faction. So while the WWE draft was part of the talk over the weekend, the other big talk involved Trinity. So we've not had a chance to talk about it here on this podcast, but the news broke Wednesday evening. We talked about it on WWT Live. By the way, if you've not had an opportunity to watch us on WWT Live, check it out every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern. It is live on YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, all of the spaces that you can check out Women's Wrestling Talk. Check it out. It is amazing to watch. I'm there along with several others, and we have conversations all about what's happening in the world of pro wrestling. It's L-I-V-E Live, so whenever news breaks, we get it. It's pretty awesome. So anyway, in case you have not heard, Trinity Font 2, the artist formerly known as Naomi, has officially signed with Impact Wrestling. They could not keep a secret they didn't even try to keep this a secret because it is massive news. So everybody wanted to see what her debut would be like. You can officially watch it this Thursday night on Impact. She had her first match with Impact over the weekend against Kylan King. And a lot of talk right now out there about Trinity. I'll give my thoughts on this. I'm probably going to share a video on this as well. But you guys are going to get kind of the full, the full conversation with it now. As a matter of fact, I'm going to put them out there in the faction group chat. It came up about Trinity and there are some who feel as though this move to impact is quote unquote beneath Trinity and they made comparisons between impact and WWE in terms of production value, et cetera, et cetera. And they felt like it was a step down for Trinity. I will tell you what I told them. First and foremost, nobody leaves the WWE for money. So you're not working in the WWE and then leave the company because you want to make more money somewhere else because that's not going to happen in the world of wrestling. Now, can you make a really solid living outside of the WWE? Of course you can. But when a company has billions of dollars versus a company with millions of dollars, clearly you're not going to make as much. There's that. 
But it's also clearly understood, and Cody Rhodes has shown us, and several others have shown us, Drew McIntyre, etc., that leaving the WWE can actually put you in a situation where you end up becoming a better wrestler, a bigger commodity, and more valuable to the WWE in future years. With that said, it's very safe to say that Trinity did not leave the WWE for money. Neither did Mercedes. What did happen is they left for opportunity. They left because they value this sport and they value what they have the ability to contribute. So Trinity goes to impact. What does this mean? Well, there are a few things it means. First of all, we have to acknowledge whether we want to or not, no matter what hype or production or any other movements may call themselves, the real women's evolution, you could argue began with Trish and Lita, but in terms of a full women's division, it happened in the Impact Knockouts division circa 2007-2008 with Gail Kim, Awesome Kong, and many, many others. And Impact Wrestling, for certainly the last 15 years, has had the best women's division cover to cover in this sport consistently now there are moments where nxts has been better etc etc but there's no doubt that impact has incredible wrestlers and they've attracted amazing female superstars naomi wanting to challenge herself in that environment is amazing her game is automatically going to be upped all the way around and they've given her a hero's welcome here's the other thing to consider Trinity has other aspirations besides pro wrestling and the schedule that impact has is appealing. You're not on the road five days out of the week. You're not doing television every single week. You don't have the pressure of house show after house show. Those kinds of schedules are appealing because what she may be missing in wrestling money, she's able to make in other money from her other endeavors. So I will say this. Before you completely wipe away or wash off what Trinity is doing in Impact, let's first give it a chance, all right? And besides the fact, and I think I can say this here, let's support our black women, right? We're in a space right now that is historic. Think about it. You have an African-American female on top of the WWE, on top of Ring of Honor, on top of AEW, on top of New Japan, and now potentially on top of Impact Wrestling. Five different major promotions with either African-American female champions or unequivocal, unquestioned stars. And they're all different. That is something that should be acknowledged and valued, and we should support that, even if we don't like the company that they have gone to. What Mercedes is doing in New Japan right now is special, and though she's no longer the IWGP Women's Champion, she's selling out spaces wherever she goes. In fact, she's going to be at Resurgence in Long Beach, California on May the 21st. I believe that's the date for that. And already tickets are flying and it's been announced that she will be a part of the inaugural New Japan Strong Women's Championship Tournament. It's a one-night tournament that will involve her and Willow Nightingale, who many are looking at will be in the finals. And again, it's just a thing. It's a special thing. 
And I think we have to be able to acknowledge the beauty of this. So I'm going to use a music reference. Some of you may be able to relate. Some of you may not, but it's okay. You'll get it. So there's an artist in the world of gospel music called Ty Tribbett, and he had a group called GA. And certainly in the mid-2000s to the mid-2010s, nobody was hotter in terms of presentation. Their band was called Soundcheck, and it was incredible. Long story short, at some point, GA broke up. The band went their separate ways, and now members of that band find themselves playing for artists like Lady Gaga, Erica Badu, Anita Baker, like a lot of the major names in the world of music. They're all spread out, but they were at one point all together. That's what this reminds me of when I think about Mercedes and Trinity and Bianca and Athena, right? At one point, all were in the WWE, and now they've all spread their wings to be on top of multiple promotions. That's a massive win, folks. And so don't throw this whole thing away before you've even seen it happen. I say this Thursday, we watch Impact, and that's the other thing. They're all great draws, right? Like Mercedes has caused a lot of people to check out Stardom and New Japan that never checked it out before. You've got Athena really doing massive things over in Ring of Honor, bringing more eyes to that product. Jade Cargill, of course, what she's done in AEW goes without saying. I mean, it's really special, and now people are going to watch Impact because of Trinity, This is a good thing, folks. It's a really, really good thing. So shout out to Trinity. Again, that debut happens this Thursday night officially on Impact Access TV. I believe 8 p.m. is the start time or 9 p.m., one of the two. And if you can't check that out, you can check it out on the Impact app as they will have that there as well. All right, before we go, there is a lot of controversy finding its way to AEW once again. And no, it's not connected to CM Punk, who, again, strangely enough, did show up at Raw last week and also showed up at Impact's tapings in Chicago, which makes me wonder, what are you up to, CM Punk? You showing up at Impact doesn't make a lick of sense, but so be it. But amid that, The controversy for AEW right now is not around CM Punk. Instead, it's around Britt Baker. So there's a shirt that found its way to Rampage Friday night that was worn by the members of the group Outkast. That's Tony Storm, Ruby Soho, and Soraya. It was literally a shirt with a picture of Britt Baker and a black eye. Not necessarily a problem since they're the ones who gave her a black eye. Kind of makes sense. It becomes a problem when it is a t-shirt that is sold across the world courtesy of AEW's t-shirt website and ProWrestlingTees.com. There's a story actually done by Fox News about it. There are fans who are upset that because they believe that this t-shirt promotes domestic violence. Britt Baker says, hey, look, I got the black eye in a wrestling ring against women. It's not domestic violence. You guys are crazy. Here's my two cents on the controversy, and that's this. Yes, I agree, Britt Baker. You did not get that black eye by way of a man punching you in the face. I get it. But I also understand this, that the image itself is extremely tone deaf. It's tone deaf. It's horrible. 
Um, anybody who sees this image is not going to say to themselves, how did I get it? And they're not going to say to themselves, boy, that Britt Baker is really, really tough. They're going to say, who gave this woman a black eye and why? And it causes conversation that's not necessary. And what scares me even more is why are we defending this? Why can't we just say, yo, we had a bad moment. We didn't see that particular thing. Let's pull it down. She's not hurting for merch sales such that you have to have this shirt. So, yeah. Yeah. Probably not the best move. But I'm interested in your thoughts. If you've seen the shirt, do you think that the shirt gives off domestic violence vibes? Or are people just being too sensitive? Let me know right now on the socials at The Faction Show. Hey, stay connected to us. We've got more videos coming this week, so be on the lookout for that. I hope you guys are enjoying it. We've been appreciating your input and your feedback. Stay tuned because, again, tonight is night two of the WWE Draft. We'll be bringing you all sorts of information. You can check me out on Tuesdays at Wrestle Extra with my UK brothers, WrestleManiac and Black Wrestling Alliance. That would be a dazzle. Then, of course, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you can check me out as part of WWT Live with Women's Wrestling Talk. On Fridays, you can also check me out on the Southern Honor Wrestling Podcast. You can check out commentary on IWTV for Southern Honor Wrestling, on Fight TV for Battle Slam. And, of course, you can check out my work with The Nightmare Factory right now on YouTube by going to The Nightmare Factory's YouTube page. Student Showcase 9 is the latest student showcase chronicling the next future superstars potentially of this sport all right guys we're going to get out of here have an absolutely amazing monday until next time representing for my good brothers courtney beard brandon clack and the fourth horseman john murray i am gerard bonner and this is the faction Solid, my